This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Previously on Homestale Radio. You know, if, you, if you're up front for our team, you've got to have a bad haircut. And I think that's why Campbell really got dropped. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure that's why people listen to Homestar Radio for, you know, they get the, the alternate view about haircuts and stuff rather than the actual game. Can we just ask Patrick to read out in his teacher's voice what he's just written in our chat there, please, Dan? Yes, I will, thank you. <laughs> Both dived and dove are standard at the past tense of dive. Dived, historically, the older form is somewhat more common in edited writing, but dove occurs there so frequently that it also must be considered standard. Thank you very much. The rescuer dove into 20 feet of icy water. Sounds there terrible. we go. That's, uh, at least we've cleared something up in today's show. Cheers, Lions, for that. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, we've spoken about fashion, so we've done football, we've done fashion, and now we're doing literature. For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact. Hello, podcast listeners. Chris Ambling here. Um, you may know me from Homestale Radio, and uh, also um, I've been on um, Ian Wright's show on Absolute Radio a few times, um, and also on Redstone FM sometimes in the, on Fridays doing a sports preview show. You know, I'm that guy. Anyway, um, what you're about to hear um, at the very, very start of the show, um, there is going to be some sort of confusion, confusion between, you know, um, the, the presenting team and. And, and the producer over whether or not the show is being broadcast, whether anyone can hear us, and why news in brief is just music. Essentially what that is is, is because we've got producer Tom doing the show this week. And whenever producer Tom does the show, he's always really overconfident beforehand and sort of thinks that nothing will go wrong. And, but the thing is he hasn't really listened like during the weeks where he's not been on. And he doesn't really know what he's supposed to do, what the volumes are, or how to turn a microphone on and off. Um, so if it sounds a bit weird and rubbish at the start, it's essentially his fault. And if it spoils your enjoyment, make sure you let him know. Bad, isn't it? Hmm. How was everyone's weekend? 
Uh, All right, we're, we're back on. We're back on, according to Mikey. That's good news. That is good news. Right, um, uh, Alex was just uh, we're just having a chat there amongst ourselves, but we are back. I'll come. I'll come back to you in a little while on that, Alex. And let you know how my weekend was in general. Should, should <laughs> we do news in brief again? Yeah, I don't know. Any listeners want to get in touch and let, us, let Alex know how their weekend was as well? Do 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 do, do that. Um, you can get in touch in the normal ways. On Twitter at HOL Radio, on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio. Go to our contact page, HOLradio.net forward slash contact. Uh, that'll do, won't it? That'll do. And there's the chat room, of course. Uh, I don't need to do the www's. HOLradio.net forward slash chat. And there's people in there who were very kind and let me know we weren't on, but now apparently we are on. It's very 2009. Yeah. W. See, I mean, I'm not going to have a go at producer Tom on air because he'll be even more sensitive about it than Mikey is when I have a go at him on air. So, but he'll know. <laughs> he'll he'll bet, just know, I bet right? He's messed up. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's very confident about it earlier on, and now look what's happened. I said I wouldn't say anything, didn't I? Anyway, look, let's get on with the chat. Uh, we're going to forget news, but it wasn't very important anyway. Other than the thing about the QPR ticket, do you want to do it again? Yeah, oh, Stuart O'Keefe left. He's dead in the water. He's gone to Blackburn. Paul Black, Blackpool, Black, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere up north. Where the has gone to Watford. Watford, yeah. Kai Kai, which is a good move for him. Yeah, yeah. He only got yeah. just over an hour at the weekend, um, but they they did win and Kwesi Apaya scoring for them again, which is very, very pleasing. Obviously, the the most annoying news in news in brief was that uh, QPR are charging 45 quid for their tickets. That's a uh, they what should you do? Really, really, if it don't go. Yeah, I know the tr- the trouble is people are so desperate to follow Palace away because it's you know it's a it's a great day out and it? it's lovely to go and watch your team and you know you had a good cu- couple of good results so the enthusiasm will be there and people think you know a little bit cheaper on travel but it isn't really everyone thinks that oh it's a local game at least you know I can pay a, mm. pay a bit less than travel but it doesn't really work out that way. Yeah. It's eight pound ninety, isn't it? If you get a, re- a, a one day travel card. Well, for students like me, it's cheaper. So it's oh, here we go. Tax, tax dodgers. Like what I'm really things. gutted about is that when we re- redid News in Brief, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I did that wonderful impression of Alex that will never get heard. I just hope it's somewhere, recorded somewhere. But um, we'll see how, see what happens. Uh, brilliant. Anyway, so, um, yeah, let's, let's talk about the game. Uh, I'm going to get us started. We're, it's a nice free-form chat, and we'll uh, try and respond to as much of your contact during the show as we possibly can. Uh, but I want to start talking about, I mean, again, we, I know we used to do this all the time and talk about the lineup, but the selection was, um, was a really interesting one. It, obviously, we all expected the same team to go out, barring Damien Delaney's injury uh, and Hangman to come in, because he did such a good job when he came in against Liverpool. Uh, and he had a, you know, another decent game against Swansea. But I think the real... Uh, I'm going to start with you on this, Patrick, because it's something you've been talking about a lot. But the real mm-hmm. s- sort of surprise for everyone, and you only saw it when the teams mm-hmm. lined up, was uh, Ward and Kelly swapping over. Uh, first of all, Ward back at right back. Uh, you must be pleased with that, Patrick. I was pleased. I was actually quite surprised. Um, again, did, when, when, the, when the lineups come up, came out, you couldn't tell if he was switched to le- uh, back to right back. But when the match started, I was like, wow, he's back at... Uh, a right back. So I, I actually have a, a theory on this. I think that um, because Ward's been playing so poorly, that um, and his confidence might have been dropping off. But I think he has a little bit more confidence in Kelly' ability to be more of a utility player, like you know what I mean, left back, right back, centre back. So I think that's why he did it, because it really worked out well. We get to the later, he that both of them played really well. I thought after the initial first, you know, fifteen or so minutes. So I like the uh, the switch. I think it was good for for Joel, good for the team. Yeah, I, I, 
I'll pick you up on that definitely. I, I think the first, it was traumatizing to see what happened on both sides in the first. <laughs> it really was. So I, I was what sort of, I was quite near the front. Uh, I got my ticket pretty late, so um, and I just decided, you know, to actually get really nice and close to the action for the benefit of this show. You know, I didn't think I'd jump around like a lunatic at the back. <laughs> oh, so I got, so I got, uh, <laughs> so I got a nice, uh, nice close look at how badly we were being beaten in that first half because um, they're attacking towards the goal I was behind. And um, I have to say, Joel Wall in particular really struggled with Montero, who was just so quick, but but change of direction was just it was is out of this world. What a player he is! And he, unfortunately, he didn't for, for Swansea. He didn't maintain it. Um, but and unfortunately for Joel Ward, he, he started to get a bit of a hold on him and eventually sort of kept him out of the game a bit. But yeah, he was a real handful early on. And I know he had a you know, similar impact in, in their previous game against Man City. Um, but also, um, obviously, Wayne Routledge, we know quite a lot about. And he gave Kelly a torrid time originally. And But Kelly, I thought, recovered stronger than Ward. Ward recovered, but Kelly, by the end of it, I mean, the number of block tackles he did out on that wing, just taking Brilliant. the away at the last moment, the timing of the yeah. challenge. Not only that, he, he got forward a lot and was able to cross with his left foot. I was really encouraged by that. Alex, what do you I don't know. I, I, I do like Martin Kelly, but I, I still just feel he is moulded as a centre-half and he is very much a centre-half, even when he's... You know, he, he had a good game. He had a good game and I, I don't think he did put a foot wrong, but I just, I just feel that that can't be our long-term plan. It can't be our long-term plan to keep him at left-back or him at right-back. I don't think for his career, for us, it, it just makes sense to do that. Just noticed that uh, Hubbo said in the in the chat room there that Ward was being proper roasted. He called it in for fifteen minutes, and it's the first time he's ever seen that. And I think that's a new one. I think is the term. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it really was really just just and uh, and yeah. Any uh, Palace fan has also said that Montero is putting on quite a performance early on. You know, it's credit to the Palace team that, that we actually saw that out and were only one goal down. It was it, like I say, it was properly traumatizing. I genuinely feared, you know. And I'm not exaggerating. Even it sounds like I will be, but I genuinely feared for the for the fact we might concede double figures if the game carried on like that. It was absolutely they looked divisions above us, um, and no one knew where they were supposed to be. And oh, it was just horrible to watch that first fifteen minutes or so. I mean, uh, I think if we if we talk a little bit about their goal, um, it kind of sums up exactly what happened. There was no one really picking up anyone in the middle, particularly. Um, Sigurdsson, you know, we can, what a good player he is. You can see why we were trying to get, buy him for so much money. He's just absolutely superb sitting in the hole there. But no one really could sort but of But that's stay so with. amateur, isn't it? That's so yeah. amateur. Honestly, to think that you actually go out, play against Swansea and don't even try and mark their best player at the game, I just think that's so amateur. Yeah, but their, think, move, their movement was just completely, yeah. completely better. But their one touch and their movement is, is something that we need to discover. It, it is, it is, and and it's yeah. It wasn't just about possession. You see, as soon as one's given the ball, it's given go, isn't it? They're always they're always going, and and you with the goal, it was just it just came from pressure. They were constantly moving the ball. No one could get a foot in, and it switched from wing to wing. There was you know plenty of um, plenty of crosses coming in, and we were dealing with the cross, but we just couldn't get out. We couldn't get out at all. Gale had already taken a knock by that point, it was but offered absolutely nothing in terms of holding the ball up, and that's not too much of a criticism, I don't think. He, you know, it's not his game. He, he struggled holding anything up. Schumach was way too deep trying to be effective, but he, you know, he's not. You know, he does a good job tackling back, but you know, not, he he can't sit there as a holding player. 
Um, and, you know, and he ended up giving away a foul and getting in a strop and getting that yellow card and ending up being quite lucky to stay on the pitch. So all of those things were going against us. We couldn't just couldn't get a foot on the ball. The wingers were isolated. And when they weren't isolated, it's because they were back because of the, the overlapping fullbacks of Swansea. It was just it was like attack v defence. And the goal came because we just couldn't clear our lines. And so Goodson put his foot on the ball and picked the right pass. And it's a great turn from Bonnie. Absolutely superb. You know, back to goal, rolled the defender and drilled it straight away. Jules dives correctly for it but just can't get there quick enough you know the, the hand was there half a second at, at, mo- at worst oh, after the ball had gone you know it's right behind me I saw the line of it as soon as he hit it and but the, the goal though the goal though Chris was all about the pass into him it was the pace of that pass that actually let him just touch it and gave him that room and then he spun good finish great finish really good finish Jules had no chance at all but it was all about that pass I'm sure it was from yeah. Sigurdsson but it was the, 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 the he absolutely nailed it at him yeah and that's that's what it's about when you've got players of that technical ability and they've been playing that system for a long long time and it doesn't seem to matter who the personnel are almost they all know their place they all know where they need to be and how they need to move and how they think the system works around them and it's it's incredibly hard to play against if you're if you're not at your game and you know we did well, like I said, to hang to hang in there in a way because it was it was embarrassing the first fifteen to twenty minutes, um, and you just feared the worst. But um, I suppose I suppose where it changed, and, and this is it's an odd thing really, and you got to it's a limit to sort of what uh, credit you can give Neil Warnock in terms of why we made the change because the change was made because of the injury to Dwight Gale, but in not just bringing on Fraser Campbell. Um, but in actually looking at the game and thinking we need an extra body in there and more than that we need to get Schumach further up the pitch to, to actually give us a bit of a chance to to get the wide players into play um, and it, it changed the game for us, it really did um, as soon as James MacArthur came on the energy that he's got uh, just just completely changed the effect of our midfield and we got fortunate didn't we uh, going forward with that penalty what, what did you make of it uh, Patrick? The penalty? Um, I wasn't sure when I initially saw it, I couldn't quite understand why Shemek went down so um, theatrically, for lack of a better term. But um, I, I watched the replay. I did see that um, there was a little bit of uh, contact on him by Shelby, and he went down quickly, which is, you know, good for us, bad for Swansea. So, I mean, my people were complaining yesterday about what Monk said after the match, and Monk was an idiot, but I think it might have been right on the penalty. I'm not really sure that um, it warranted him going down so hard, but I think it was something that we really needed, and it really changed the game for us. Watched it a few times. Uh, how many times have you seen it enough, Alex, to make a clear decision on it? Yeah, I don't think it's a penalty. But I do think um, from seeing later on that maybe there could have been a sniff with, I think it was Campbell and even one with Wilf later on. Yeah. I, I think I think on the, balance, on the balance of play, getting one out of the three um, is is fair enough. But I would say on, on the MacArthur, I said before the game, I was, I was talking to my dad and I said, I would, I you know, as much as I'd love to see Gale start, and, and that's brilliant. I would start Macarthur in there with another body to play, to you know, look after the players like Sigurdsson and just. Did try you and really say that? I asked, you can ask my dad, and I promise you, <laughs> yeah, he hands up. And I said that we'll get him on, we'll get him on. <laughs> but I said, I said it because it just, it it, it was quite obvious to me. But I, I, I see why I didn't change it because it would have been very harsh to drop Dwight because he'd been, it scored and and he's, and he's a great player, but. I could, yeah. it was a, it was a it was a very clever change and it's not one I hold my hands up I, I slag Will not Neil Warnock off a lot but it's not one I thought he would make but I hold my hands up and say really good decision to do that yeah 
I just, I, I, well, I mean, going, yeah, like you say, going back to that, I, I noticed John Nightingale got in touch and said that MacArthur has to start, and I've seen a, a couple of forward reviews saying we've got to reunite McJedley. It shows you, in my view, that even without Gale's injury, that there is a limitation to to playing him and it, against certain teams. Uh, and it's the same. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said it'd been any different with Campbell. I think, I think the MacArthur thing and having Schumacher further up top actually is the way to go. Um, it shows you that if if we're playing against certain types of teams, he can't, he cannot be the the lone striker. You know, he can he can chase down balls into the channel, but you know, and he and he can put pressure on a defence, but actually holding the ball up and particularly when we're under the cosh, because when we're under the cosh, we're not looking to play a nice measured pass up to his feet. You know, it's going to be a smack into a channel just to relieve pressure. And he's got to get on that. And he doesn't really have the physicality to do that on a regular basis. Shamak, you know, for all the how easily he goes down and, and how often he complains about being injured, you know, he's actually quite a tough, you know, a tough battler. You know, he'll he'll get his head in, in a dangerous area. He'll jump up, he'll get his chest on the ball and bring it down and bring other people into play. That's where I think we've got to use Shamak in games like this when we're under pressure. <clears throat> Excuse me, taking a bit of a breath. <laughs> um, I, I do. I I don't know. The only thing I would say on the flip side of this, I'll ask you this, Joe. We're not a flip side. Late after we'd gone one-one, which we'll talk about in a minute. Dwight Gale um, would score the chance that Shamak had shortly afterwards. In my yeah. view, that's where that's where you you give and take a bit. You know, obviously the balls come in left left side again, left footed cross from Martin Kelly. Great ball in. Uh, Williams has totally missed it. Um, and it's, it's the opportunity we want. We've all of a sudden we've got this confidence from from getting one one at the time, and that's that's the difference, isn't it? Mara and Schmack, he gets gets a shot on target. Fabianski's come out brilliantly, but I, th- I think it's would anyone disagree that that Gale's going to be the would, would put that away? No, not at no. all. Hundred percent, they put it away. But you have to weigh things up, don't you? Schmack offers something very different, um, and actually relieved pressure for us and I think in the second half actually had a really really good game at times yeah, because when we weren't when you know when we get the ball and we're looking to get out and he actually carried us out so much yesterday by picking up the ball and even just running sideways across the pitch and even just a little one two pass he just literally just kept, gave us five more seconds on the five more seconds on the ball two yards higher up the pitch and he actually relieved the pressure a lot for us yesterday and I think he had a cracking game no, I think that's totally fair yeah um, but I don't know. I, I mean, the other thing. I would, the, okay, on the same same argument I'm making, we say that Gale would score that, and because Schmack didn't, would would Fraser Campbell score that? Do you think? No, he did. Just tripped himself up <laughs> and try to claim <laughs> a penalty. Seems That's not unfair. Yeah. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think. I don't, I don't think he'd have scored that. He's not left footed. I tell you, wouldn't have scored it. Cameron Drum would have missed it. Oh, that's that's a given. <laughs> well, from, everybody loves Cameron Jerome all of a sudden, so I'm just saying that. I, I, just going to that, I don't think... Um, I know I he would have scored it. I think he might have scored it. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the, the six-yard box, or eight-yard box. Yeah, Glenn might have probably scored it too. But anyway, I want, I want to go back a little bit, Chris, to um, yep. just the yep. whole thing with the uh, substitution. Um as it was being made, I watched on TV, they actually signaled for Campbell to come out. And funny enough, I think either Ben Garner or somebody else spoke to, um, I think, Warnock. And that's when they think they might have changed, it, changed their mind. They saw we get over in the midfield. I think they decided, you know what, it doesn't make sense for us to go another, another forward. Let's wait a little bit. Let's, let's secure the midfield. And for that, you have to give the coaching staff, whoever it is, and it could be Warnock himself or just a, a, you know, a, a couple of them. 
credit for that because bringing MacArthur in obviously changed the whole match. The funny thing is, though, we didn't start this match any worse than we did last year. Last year in April, we played as poorly as we did. In fact, we played the whole match as poorly as we played yesterday, the first 20 minutes. So maybe Warnock saw that last year and realized, you know what, we've got to kind of soak in this pressure and something will change. But um, I, I really got to give them credit because MacArthur's, the way he holds the ball up, his vision. He gets the ball, knows what he's going to do, the, do with the ball before he even gets it. He knows he's going to make a pass, he's going to turn, he's going to do whatever. He he's such he, a very smart player. He, he does. It. He has, looks like he's got time, doesn't he? Yeah, he has to start. I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to talk about it later on. McJedley has to start somehow. It was so much different and it looked so good yesterday. You talk about that move, it's a Shemak move. I think it was like a 15 or 20 pass move before Kenny crossed that ball. Yeah. It was really, it was, it was the best I've ever seen Palace pass the ball around. <laughs> it shows yeah. he can yeah. pass right. the ball. And and Jedi Jedi passes better with with Ledley and MacArthur next to him. I don't know if it's magic or whatever. <laughs> That's a different team with, with those guys. McJedley Jedley has to play somehow. But um, I I think I, yeah, that is, this is a really good point. But we got to this point uh, at the end of Neil Warnock's last great run of form before we struggled for a little bit. Exactly. Uh, and we got to the same point. We're saying we've got these these three midfielders. They're our best three midfielders. Uh, we've ever had in the club. They're fantastic. They've got to start every single week, and everyone else can play around them. And we've seen it again. We saw, it, you know, but but I think it's you've got to change it almost game by game. I think there's some games where we we ca- we play those three and we're too isolated. What I really did notice about it this time was that Warnock was very seemed to be very adamant that that MacArthur was to form the point of the you know the midfield rather than a flat three. He was he was more advanced. And I think that suited him better because he got to chase back, but he, he got to chase back in the same way that Schumack does, but he's more effective at it. And he's, you know. I, have a, I have a question, Chris. Mm. For me, it was more of a, uh, not a false nine, but two number 10. So what do you think about that formation? I, I think I mean, it certainly worked for us, didn't it? The only, the only thing is, is who's going to put the chances away. Exactly. You know, it, it took a penalty, didn't it? It took a penalty for us to get on the score sheet. And, you know, with Yannick, uh, was a bit more erratic with his shooting and, and, and Punch didn't get a look in at all. And we'll talk about that, that about that in a bit, Joe. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just, I, that's the only thing I would say about it is that the movement was superb. Um, both Shamak, you know, he got a couple of chances, but we know Shamak, he doesn't shoot unless he thinks he's got a chance of scoring. Um, and that seems to be very, there seems to be a lot less than you'd expect. There's a couple of times we had a chance to pull the trigger on, on the, you know, on the edge of the area and didn't. It, yeah, I, I going with what you're so actually, Alex, just say that out loud. I was just going to say, if you want to play the three of them, I think Swan- Swansea, a type of game like that where you know you're going to go and concede possession, you know it's going to be a tough game. Um, has to be, has to be for for that sort of game. I think if you were to play that at home against Burnley, I'd be thoroughly disappointed because we've got it off, you know, we can't flatter teams like that. You know, if you're playing Leicester, Burnley. I I think I think it's what's exciting for me now actually looking at it is that we actually have more than one game plan and we've got yes. more than one way of doing things. Last year we very much had one way and that's brilliant, you know, we stayed up, we were fantastic, but you can't keep doing that forever. You've got to try and and take that next step and because people will work you out and if you can do that against you know, Manchester United away and hold them for, for 70 minutes. Who knows what you can get from there? And, and, and I think I think it could be very important in, in, in some games, but I don't think in every game. It's a great point, Alex. I mean, um, like, they were say, like, like you were saying, um, you know, people talk about Warnock not having a clue what he's doing, but the fact he's worked out, you know, how to play home, how to play away, how to play home and away versus different types of styles is, is, is refreshing. And it does, it is exciting as a fan to see that because you're wondering if that first 50 minutes yesterday is going to be a, a recurring theme. And you know, right now it's not going to be because we figured out we can play differently, which is great. Yeah. Uh, th- 
it was interesting his pre-match conference. He talked about um, you know the fact he'd learned a little bit about not trying to change the way the team played. Um, and there's quite a lot of focus on it. I was reading the thread on the BBS. It was it was very interesting. A lot of interesting points of view of it. Some people thought they're taking the point too seriously, but I think it's it's just settled in that there is a way of Palace playing, and and that they're not to not change that to let it sort of if it's going to change, it will almost be a natural progression. We've got so many leaders in that team. Talk about Jedna, but you know Ledley's a leader, Dan's a leader, Delaney's a leader, Hankerman's a leader. You know, they, I think I said Lena in the middle of there, but ignore that. <laughs> I think I think you know. So we've just got a team of leaders, and they've all all they really you know they kind of need guidance, and they they need some. You know, tactical tweaks every now and then when they're struggling, but the actual too sort of, many, you, yeah, go on. Too, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Well, almost. If, <laughs> I, just what I'm getting at is, I think Warnock's kind of almost settled on. This is just an opinion. I can't, but based on fact, just as an observation, that it just seems to me that he's almost thought actually they don't need someone just shouting at them and, and telling them what to do. They know what to do. What they need is guidance. What they need is, you know, to to feel that. That there's someone there who can help them out from the sidelines, but the team and we saw this uh, when we saw this when Dougie left all those years ago. We, we saw that the team, like it is, almost can look after itself. It's it's bizarre. I've never quite seen anything like it. This this group that's sort of grown and moved towards the Premier League. That you know, if we, you think about it, Holloway tried to change a load and just couldn't do it, and Pulis came in and just thought, well, no, I'm going to work with what we've got. You know, and it was—it's a team set up to counterattack, and that goes back to what Alex was saying about, you know, picking the McJedley thing in tough away games. Well, you know, what every game we're going to concede possession to the to the opposition more. You know, there's probably a, maybe two or three games this season where we won't give the give you know let the, exactly. the other team have all the ball. So yeah. what we've got to do is we've got to pick the teams where, you know, a pacey sort of. You know, um, like a front man, like a Gale or a Campbell, who can chase down the ball, who can put the defence under pressure, will work better than the, effectively what's a target man in someone like Shamak up front on his own. And we've got to pick those right. But we've got to pick them right from the start, so we're not already a goal behind and playing like rubbish. We've got to come out the right way. So there's a bit of criticism I've had there. I, there was an interesting debate going on in, in the chat room about um, that's hrradio.net forward slash chat about whether or not Warnock will get the plaudits that. Um, that Pulis would get if he kept us up. Um, and you, you, Unicities? Oh, God damn it. I can't say it. But, um, but yeah, Booted Eagle was saying it was a forced substitution and it helped, but fail, fair play to Neil Warnock on the correct change. And, yeah, the observation was, was there from you guys that he is making these decisions right. But I think to get fully support, the support fully behind him, he's almost got to get them right from the start. and We're going to have to stop conceding and having to respond. Chris, but, as much as you say that, I completely agree. But... Hmm. This is maybe the last two games I've probably seen the right substitutions from Warnock. Prior to that, everyone's criticised the substitutions because they've been rash, silly, and and ones that you would the normal man wouldn't necessarily make and and haven't worked. So you know, if he keeps, I'm I'm not Warnock Neil on his biggest fan. Everyone knows that. But if he keeps us up, then then I'll hold my hands up and, and apologise because I don't think he could do it. But you if don't he have can, apologise if you don't believe he's the right person. For us. Never apologise for what you believe in, mate. So it makes you different. It makes you weird. But it makes you. <laughs> <laughs> but Alex, Alex, I have a uh, just to follow up on that. Um, you have to you have to be fair and say that a lot of the substitutions he made in the previous games, and even of course yesterday, were because of the first one's always been forced by him. Remember, we've got a red card in one of the games, and I think about five matches we've got somebody injured in the first half where he's been forced to make a change. And that's always the hardest change to make when you have to 
reshuffle because somebody gets hurt. So I agree, I but agree. that's where that's where managers make their money. That's what oh, I agree. that's what separates guess, the top managers to the not so good managers. I agree. We're not, we're not gonna we're not gonna sit here and not, even I defend one. I'm not gonna sit here and say one of the top managers and I'm agree with you. If he keeps us up, then that's great. But I'm just saying that it's a little unfair to say he hasn't made the right subs when again a lot of the times he's been forced to make that first one and that can to me, that's trickle-down effect. It affects the second and third substitution. So, I mean, to me, that's a little unfair to say, okay, you have to make the subs because he's, a lot of times he's been forced to make one and that really messes up what you want to do. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, he, he has. And it's, it's amazing the number of games he's been forced to make a change. A lot. Exactly. It's, it's almost, I think it's almost all of them, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I struggle to think of where there wasn't a, an injury or, or uh, you know, a red card, unfortunately. So there you go. I, I yeah, I mean, the, the debate on, on Neil Warnock will rumble on, but I think he's starting to win a few people around with the last couple of games. But then he, he was winning a lot of people around when we had another, a, a good run previously. So what we've got to make sure is that you kind of keep it level. You don't get too excited um, when things are going well, so your expectation goes too high. And we'll end up back where we were a couple of weeks ago when everyone was thinking he's got to go and all this sort of stuff. They'll still be big. Everyone still... needs a scapegoat, don't they? That's what I guess so, I guess so. Anyway, and it won't bother him. He'll keep doing his job you know, the best he can, I guess. But um, I think he's cert- certainly shown that he's, ha- he's had to learn the squad. You know, he-, he walked in and, you know, I think when you talk about the substitutions and whatever that he was making that you didn't think made any sense, I think a lot of that was because he was trying to do things that the, the team can't do. You know, he was trying to make a change. And he- I think things like, um, you know, bringing Guardiola to, to keep more possession of the ball, it makes perfect sense, lo- you know, logically, unless you've watched Palace recently, you know, because um, <laughs> we don't really t- keep the ball. And exactly. I, I just, I just, that's the sort of thing I mean. And I know Dweeb said in the um, in the chat room that the crappy pitch isn't helping this season, and I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, you go back to the Liverpool game where Joe Ledley slid, in the, he's doing his knee celebration, and the pitch gave way on one of the knees and flipped him over. Could have, could have injured him. Could have ripped his knee apart. But um, yeah, certainly, certainly the work in, in closed seasons hasn't really helped the pitch there. So I'd agree with that. I, I'm amazed about that. About how bad that pitch is. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just saying. I, I know we said about it before, and we have commented, you know, with uh, uh, Delaney when he tried to pick that pass against. Uh, right. I think it was against Liverpool, and it, you know, it, it just that is a it's a bad pitch we're playing on. Really is, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's very early in the season as well. It's cut up, you know, badly, and 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 not only that, it's it's sort of unpredictable. And you look at the, the way the weather's done a real job on it over on the the Arthur side of it. Um, you know that's going to come into play, but I, I guess it, it might as well it might come into be an advantage as much as a, as a disadvantage well, at some point. No one's no one's going after the groundsman, are they? I say get the groundsman out. <laughs> yeah, oh, joking. <laughs> <laughs> we, need, uh, we need a scapegoat. Get the. I uh, know. P- producer Tom says it's because there's no bedding in time after drainage. Sounds like producer Tom's a gardener. Um, but there you go. <laughs> Uh, just picking up on a few tweets that we've had. Uh, let's go. Let's go in reverse. Um, Bob the Eagle said that Dougie, Holloway, and Pulis all also made substitutions that we regarded, we regarded a bit a bit odd at the time. Uh, they might know something we don't. Um, uh, Kevin know, says every day, every day, and every good result, and Steve Parrish and the rest add another couple of quid to the price. Um, I think he was talking about yeah the price of selling the club. Um, Tony uh, Tony Piers, not Tony Pulis. He's not listening. I don't think. Um, has got in touch with a stat that we're Europe's fourth best finishers with a conversion rate of 19.77%. <laughs> okay. Complete silence. Patrick, Patrick, Patrick's random stat was good. Last Do you want me to read it? Yeah, go on. Yeah, last year when we played Swansea, they had 69% possession, we had 31%. This year, we had they had um, 
64% and 36%. So we've gotten better possessing the ball, but again, that's never been our strong suit. It was on the Pulis, it was, it's not on the Warnock, so it's not going to change. It's the same players, or the same core players anyway, so looking for possession is never going to be a Palace thing. No, I think that's fair. Um, it's, yeah, it, look, it's, it's a difficult situation to, like I said, I think, I think hearing Warnock say openly that he's settled on not changing anything. I think, I mean, that's probably a good sign for us this season. At some point, you know, you, you, you almost, you do want to see us play. I've never really seen us play like a Swansea play, but you think how long it's taken them to build George that. George Burley. Thing. George Burley had us playing like Swansea. Yeah. Just losing 5-0 every week. Though. <laughs> <laughs> we look fantastic losing though. That was the thing. <laughs> fantastic losers. That's great. <laughs> no, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I think we're, if we can, it's actually exciting watching us play counter-attacking football, isn't it? If, if we do it the right way. We, don't, we just don't want to look like we're going to concede every time the opposition attacks. If we can avoid that part, you know, which we did after the first you know, 20 minutes against Swansea, we managed to get in a position where we were competing properly. And yes, we didn't have the ball, but we closed space down brilliantly and you know, we defended properly and we were a genuine threat going forward. It wasn't all them, despite what Gary Monk's trying to say. It, it wasn't anything to do with... You know, us sticking all the men behind the ball and defending for eighty minutes or whatever he thought it was. It, you know, that's the biggest load of crap I've heard in my life. He really did, he annoyed the hell out of me, to be honest. On the touchline, you know, he's that like war, he's he's like he is the new Warnock, if you like. I probably love <laughs> him. He, <laughs> Young rash kid, isn't he? Really? Oh, yeah, I mean, he he's been very fortunate as well. And I, you know, I might be wrong on this. I might be proved to be incorrect. But I think, you know, if he if he ever loses that Swansea job, which you expect he will at some point, Maybe I don't think he'll, he'll, have, he'll never have yeah. any other success never. anywhere else because he he's inherited a team that plays a specific way, and it's great to watch. And you know, the, all the work there was really done by Martinez, and there's been managers since Rogers. <laughs> I think took an awful lot of credit. Yes. You know, for, for that team, but he didn't deserve the credit there. Exactly, they, that was all. He's Martin. dreadful. T- tell you the man. I tell you the man who deserves the credit is Hugh Jenkins. Well, it's Hugh Jenkins up there, the the chairman who's who's got a vision for the club and he's stuck to it. You know, and I, I like it. I like what they do there. I used to have visions, but. I- and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Stop drinking. <laughs> right, the second. I didn't think, I didn't think I, Nick was on the show tonight. Yeah, the second <laughs> second part of that's not even true. I've seen you. Anyway, yeah, all right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but obviously, one thing I want to mention that we we obviously got massively sidetracked and rightly so. Sorry, the quote from Gary Monk that really enraged me was they were camped in the eighteen yard box. Were we? Um, I've written in my I've written in my note. What a massive twat! I think that's probably <laughs> that's <a perfect> only <laughs> only for sixty four percent of the game. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what we're attacking them. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's funny. You, you know, you, you, even if I suppose if you watch maybe the highlights, maybe that's maybe he seems somehow just saw highlights from the side. He forgets that goalkeeper pulled off two great saves and we hit a crossbar and scored a goal, so we could have had four. Yeah, he's, um, yeah. he's, he's young. He's just he's he's petulant. Tell him is. Yes. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Sleep better, mate. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> um, the penalty. Do you notice uh, the keeper got a bit of a hand to that? I almost felt sorry for him because it must have hurt. Jedinak, uh, Jed, Jed a penalty taker, isn't he? Oh dear. But um, didn't have the same success with free kicks. Unfortunately, he had one uh, one good chance for that. But um, yeah, yeah, we we, we looked good. Man on the far post for that free kick though. Which yeah, was that a was really good chance. That really was, he, and he edited it back brilliantly. There was just no one to edit it back to, unfortunately. And oh, Gale you, was in the changing room, wasn't he? Exactly. You wonder if that was a move that they'd worked on, where Gale would be occupying that space. And if yeah. so, it's uh, yeah, you know, it's the cost it was of the, the same position where he where he scored from last week. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, let's talk a little bit about Yannick uh, before we talk about the other wing. Um, wasn't as effective, I don't think. I think it's fair to say he was absolutely on fire against Liverpool, but. Um, and and the shooting was a little bit more erratic. He got you know got the one that, that hit the bar it was a great effort, but uh, by the end he hit one that went out for a throw on. Um, yeah, which, I saw that. yeah, which was um, and again it was a bit erratic. And he's 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 you know he's confident, so he's going for goal more often. And there were a couple, noticed a couple of times again because I was close up. I noticed a couple of times players really unhappy with him for for taking the shot on as he was driving at goal. But I mean he's a really good outlet for us. It's just strange to see that. Um, Teams aren't really, they, you know, the teams that have doubled up on him have really stopped us. But, you know, teams are sort of almost doubling up the other side as well uh, in, so instead and, and leaving Yannick almost either 1v1 or, or in the case of Swansea, they left him on his own sometimes. Um, and that's that's a dangerous thing to do against us. So I think I think he's still vital in the team. You know, when he has, it, it's still consistency, wouldn't you say, that um, perhaps that, well, Joe, what do you think? No, I, did you? St- I mean, obviously, I didn't see that on the on the the, the, the coverage that I've seen. I, st- I just saw the game of the day. I'd take that from last night of Sky. Did you say he had a shot that went out for a goal for a throwing? Yeah, yeah, it went out and not not right by the corner flag either. It was. Um, he did that against Liverpool as well. Did he? he? Yeah, he did that against Liverpool. He had a shot and he went out. He used the new Jeff Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> and that that chip, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember him getting absolutely? That's a bit of a side track. But he getting absolutely destroyed on fantasy football over that. It was yeah, a guy that was so good. This guy was sort of showing Jeff Thomas struck the ball, the ball here, and he's pointing at a whiteboard, and it ended up, and he just walked out. <laughs> <laughs> so about two minutes later, go over here. <laughs> like that. Yeah. It was unfair. It was unfair. It was massively unfair. You know, they ruined the career of the prolific Jason Lee as well, didn't they, with the pineapple thing? Anyway, oh, yeah. we digress. But um, Charlton ruined his career. Anyway, <laughs> what we do? Uh, yeah, Yannick, he's taking he's taking an unnecessary stick. I think. Uh, it's it's hard for me because I, I like to see I like yeah but yeah because I'll tell you for why I'll tell you for why because last week when everything's all going swimmingly and we're Kane in Liverpool right and then Warnock goes on a telly and he goes yeah well Yannick don't even know what he's doing all I tell him is so you stay up there son you do what you got to do and if it happens it happens and if it don't it don't and that, that he, he actually said that if it don't right. happen it don't happen right so and then and then and then all we're doing is you know some people are caning him so when he's hitting a crossbar from 35 yards or he's terrorizing Glenn Johnson oh that's not very 
that's not very hard to do anyway, is it? Oh, that's, a, that's a bad analogy. When he's terrorising left-backs and right-backs, everyone's fantastic. And I've gone after him this year. I said to you, didn't I? I and I put my hands up. I say he was rubbish at the very beginning of the season. But he, amongst everybody, has, has stepped up. He, he yeah, seems to be, when he's on it, we're on it. When he's not, we're not. And that's the same as Jednak in the middle. When he's a, have, you, have you not noticed no one's giving him any stick anymore? Me included. Yeah. Because, again, he's stepped up. The, the, you know, the, the Australia thing's gone. I mean, it's all coming back round for him again. But what, what I'm saying is when strategically we have two or three players that are on it, then, then everyone seems to be on it. And we seem to be... But when they're off it, everyone seems to have a bad game. It's a very, yeah, very we, strange... We we're relying on our key men, definitely. Um, you know, we, well, we're not, we should do. We should do. Yeah, but exactly. it's not, not a unique situation, but it, it's you're right, right. It's exaggerated in our case, isn't it? You know, if Jedi's off the pace and if and if Yannick's off the pace, we look, you know, we look a division below everyone else, don't we? So yeah, I know what you mean. Um, Patrick, you wanted to say a bit. I don't know if we've covered it. Then I want to get Alex's opinion as well. Very quickly. I mean, I, I've taken now to, to kind of writing down Yannick's key moments during the game. I mean, you guys talked about the shot off the crossbar. Um, he's the one that had the cross that was blocked that led to the penalty kick because it was his penalty, you know, after the ward, the two ward uh, corner kicks. And he had a great run in the second half where he beat two, three defenders down the left side, made a great pass to Shamak. Shamak lost the ball and then it turned over. And that was the play right before halftime where Shelby almost scored when he knocked over and he pulled down Joel Ward and they almost scored that the, the second goal. By the way, so, that was shocking to, it was to not get anything for that. Two-handed, right. Randy's neck. Right, and then he didn't get called for it. So, Yannick has had, had some great moments yesterday. The thing is, guys, and I was, you know, um, you might agree or disagree, but if he's making those 30-yard shots and putting him in top corner, he's not going to be a Palace player very long. He's going to be a Man City or Liverpool or even Real Madrid. So, uh, obviously, we wanted to score those shots. He's going to keep taking them. But if he ever, ever gets those shots on target and starts hitting balls 30 yards in top corner, he's going to be gone. And I don't want him to go anywhere. So... I'll be honest with you, I'm happy what he's doing right now. And again, he's one of our key players. He's getting better and uh, we need him. Um, Alex, you've been very critical of, of, of... Well, not very critical. Of yeah, Blassie, no, very but, critical. All right, yes. very critical, Blassie. You, you know, you're, you, you've said he's the guy you'd, you'd drop out of the wingers and all that sort of stuff in the past. Uh, what have you made of his recent form, um, first of all? And do you still feel there's a need to, uh, to criticise? Last two games, Liverpool game, obviously, I don't think anyone could... could, could criticise him at all, he was amazing, so absolutely the Yannick Balassi that, that we saw at times at the end of last season and, and the year we got promoted, that's the Yannick Balassi we all know, but playing two, three good games and 12 games in a Premier League season just isn't good enough uh, and we, we've got a crisis now where, you know, Gel be happy, I'll say Jason Punchin's out of form, he needs an arm around his shoulder we've got Wilf who's oh, turned up to it? training late and, and he's been put on the bench and we've got Balassi, we, we need wingers in, in January for me because you know, Balassi on his day I will hold my hands up and say he can beat pretty much any fullback in this division. I, I believe there's a class difference between him and Will. I say it all the time, but I still believe he, you know, he genuinely has what it takes to beat any any defender. But doing it, doing it two, three times in a season, is in in twelve games is not good enough at this level for me. Really, um, I mean, but the the thing is that that assumes it assumes that there's someone who can come in and do a better job. Uh, or, or I suppose and, and have you're not just talking about a consistent of performance you're talking about someone who could be the difference between winning and losing a game which was what Yannick is um, but it's and, competition and you, though isn't it yeah, it, it, well, yeah well, who next right. step his game up if we go and spend a couple of million on, on McCleary or Adoma or someone like that and, and they come in and you know and even mm. if they don't play as much as Balassi does who you're was, given a competition there who was that little fella that ripped us a new one at the Brentford game 
Dewey. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've forgotten his name now, but yeah. Little he was fella, excellent. fast and fast and just direct and caused us no end of. If, if, we, if, if we had him and Yannick, I'd see the, word, the worst part about it is we're totally not even talking about Wilf anymore, and I don't know what's going on with him. He, he, we all know what he can do. Mm. You know, we're, not, we're not even talking about him anymore, are we? We're supposed to be the saviour. Coming this, back on loan, it 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 neatly takes us on to Jason Punchin. Actually, it kind of bridges the gap between the two, uh, between Balassi and, and Punchin. Has he gone out on loan? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you wish, Joe. You wish. <laughs> what what I think you have with um with Wilf Wilf, uh, you know, other than you know, obviously potentially off the field issues or you know form or whatever, what he doesn't doesn't have is the the trust in his defensive ability. Um, he, you know, he's it's, it's the part of his game that he's had to add, and uh, you know, particularly under Warnock, you, he will not get, he will not con- make a concession to that. Really, if if he's making a concession to Balassi on that, the other wing, he's certainly not going to do it. You know, he he's he needs a, a particularly, you know, with, with the way we've been being attacked down the, the flanks, we need our, our wide players to get back and do a job there, and not just get back and occupy some space to actually get back, put a challenge in, and also know how to break and, and you know link play and all that. And I don't think that the trust is there for Wilf. I think that Wilf has got so much ability going forward, but he's got to almost he's got to have the freedom that Balassi has. So in my view, at the moment, he's he's a sub for Balassi, uh, and that that. Brings us on to to Punchin, whereas I I would I would say Punchin is very much out of form. Uh, and again, I'm going back to a couple of the comments that were made in in the chat earlier. Chat room earlier. Um, Booted Eagle saying that he's definitely out of sorts and would will start the next game. I noticed John Program Sellers got involved and said that he'd play Bannon instead of Punchin, um, and that really is not a bad shout at all. Um, I think Bannon is much more a like for like swap for for Punchin than than Wilf is, because um, I just think we need we need someone. Someone on you, you need construct the same con, uh, contrasting styles on the wings, in my view. Um, I agree, Chris, and especially against Villa, his old team. So I think it might happen. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, Bannon's desperate to play. Absolutely, you can see, you can see how unhappy he is being on the bench. A few players, you you know, you look at them on the bench and they seem to be smiling and happy. You know, he's not. He's not a happy guy. You know, being out of the team, um, and I think. I think he just he deserves a shot, and I'm not talking about one game. I'm talking about give him. You know, we know Punchin's out of form, and that's I don't. I'm not going to slag Punchin off. I know there's plenty of people who would do that. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say he's out of form, um, and I think he needs he needs a rest from the team. Um, and he needs, you know he. I think Warnock was at pains after the game to say what people aren't looking at with Punchin is that you know yes he misplaced a couple of passes, so did a lot of people. But what they're not looking at with him is that how how the opposition are, are dealing with him, um, and I think it goes back to last season, and it goes back to what we talked about before about how the fact that he was quite often he was the guy who got the goal for us, who won us a game, or you know, or did a little bit of skill out on the wing and put a ball in that someone tucked away. He, he isn't that his job. Yeah, no, it is. But he was he was the catalyst in a lot of games last season, and as a result, he's finding this season that people do have done their own work on him, and he's having to try and deal with it in a different way now I, obviously Warnock is protecting him to a degree there he's you know he's he's so he's essentially agreeing he's out of form and saying this is the reason for it but he was also at pains to point out, point out that you know going you know going the other way he actually did his defensive job really well and I'll go along with that but if you look at how badly Ward was being roasted down that side 
punching actually on a couple of occasions there at least, maybe you know, probably three or four occasions in the first ten minutes. If he hadn't got back and done what he did, we'd have been in even worse trouble. Um, I, I, you know, I watched him quite closely because I know we, and I hate player watching. And there was a guy doing exactly what you do, Joe. <laughs> with punching at the ground and he was only watching punching and every time punching got the ball he was like do something punching do, all the time and that was an accurate impression by the way um, and it was just driving me insane because he, he didn't do anything though did he he did a couple of times but what I'm saying what I'm saying is I could have even in that game Jednak was superb right but if I decided that I was going to watch Mila Jednak right and I decided that if Mila Yednak didn't put a challenge in, I was going to shout, come on, Mila, put a challenge in. I'd have done it about 500 times in that game. And I could quite conceive- conceivably convince myself that he was a rubbish, had a rubbish game and was a rubbish tackler and all that sort of stuff. If you go into a game with a preconceived idea of watching someone to prove how rubbish they are, then that's what you're going to get. Patrick? That's a great point. I mean, punching is far from perfect, but... Uh, we all know without punching last year, we weren't, we would not have stayed up at all. There's no chance. He 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 scored so many important goals last year. It's ridiculous. So, uh, you're absolutely right, Chris. I watch a game, and you know my son and I watch a game together, and you do see things that punching does wrong, but you do see things that he does right. But he's definitely out of form. So if you don't like him, you're going to see everything he does wrong, and it doesn't matter what he does right, it doesn't make a difference. So, and we're going to need him, but you know for this season. So. Again, if we're going to put Bannon in, I've got no problem with that. But again, to just you know to just, to think that Punch is not good enough for our team is ridiculous. He's definitely going to be important yeah. for our team. I do think it's time to to give him. I a disagree. Rest. I, I mean, okay, I, Joe. I, I, I'm just saying I disagree. I don't think he is good enough for our team. I think Bannon's a better player for him. And then if you, and then and then in the line, I think at a, probably at the moment Williams he's probably a, he is, a, is a better player for him. I mean. If he picks the, the, this is the other thing, right? If he picked the ball up and just ran and ran and ran and got tackled and lost the ball, then I I, I can't see his effort. Like I say, I, I do, I do player watch, and, and when he's not playing, which he's hardly ever, but I, I, I you know, I watch someone else, and and if and if they need to be, you know, criticised, then they get criticised. But but the thing is, he he doesn't. I'll tell you what, I'd love to see someone, some stato, right? See how many tackles he's put in this season. Not a game, this season. Because I can tell you now, I did that one time, I'm sure I told you. I think it was 67 minutes or something before he put a tackle in. He doesn't, he, he, he doesn't, he, he marks space and not players. Mm. If, if, if that sounds strange. I know exactly he, what you he mean. Does, he does a lot of pointing yeah. for other people to do the running. And in fact, sometimes I see him and he points to the space and the player, the opposing player, will put that put that mm. ball into that space because he he's basically saying there's no one in that space. It, it's yeah. really strange. I mean, I, I just don't think at the moment, you know, like I say, there's obviously something missing, you know, and, and the other thing as well, we can't go on about last year because last year was fantastic. We, we, we can't do sentiment any, anyway. We can't do sentiment anymore because if, if we did do sentiment, then um, uh, Rambo would still be here. Because yeah, yeah, Johnny know, Williams would play every game. Yeah, I know, I know, I know exactly what you're getting at. But. Exactly, but the, thing, but the thing is, and I just see Alex put in our chat, he said if you can't do sentiment, a question mark, Balassi would have been dropped ages ago. There's nothing about that. But the fact is that, is that Balassi offers something, and at the moment, sadly, Punchin doesn't offer anything. But, but what, did, what, did, what did Balassi offer when he was out of form, other than losing the ball, exactly like Punchin does? Punchin's got a goal in him every yeah, week, yeah, but, and he's clearly proven at this level he is more than Punchin's got a goal in him every week. With 38 games last year, how many goals did he score? Six? No, no more could, than that. More than well, that. He, well, he couldn't well, have done. He'd been our top scorer. Our top scorer was eight. He, he weren't far off it. But look, I, I, I don't, you, if you get you get quite bogged down into 
to the specifics of last season, I guess. I, I don't think there's any doubt in mind in my mind that, that Jason Punchin had a tremendous effect on our season last year. And I don't think there's any doubt in it in my mind that that Jason Punchin is currently struggling a he little bit. He got a four before. and a half year deal on the back of last year. He's struggling. He got that. Well, he got that midway through the season. But yeah, okay. Look, but what I'm saying is, I don't. I think he, it is time to to give him a rest. But it, think about the managers who've played him. Think about the money that was spent on him. Think about the the form he is capable of. And I think that shows you why why we've got him and why he is good well, enough. He spent three level. million quid on a left and back that can't even it, kick a ball. Apparently. He is, yeah, well, that's that's an interesting one. That's a different question. But, but staying with punching, I think that the question sort of remains that, you know, can he recover from this, this drop in form? But, you know, he's, he's not being picked out as sentiment. Neil Warnock's not picking him out as sentiment. He's picking him because he feels that he's the best person to do the job that's being asked of him on that wing. And I think you've got to think about the specifics of that job. Um, what he's fa- clearly failing on, and, you know, he's being substituted for a reason as well. Um, and what he's clearly failing on is he's not delivering in an attacking sense. You know, he's ch- he's closing down the plays he's not being asked to close down. He's protecting the fullback the way he's been asked to protect the fullback. You know, and he's and he's facing defenses that are that are you know set up to deal with him. Um, and he hasn't overcome that. And basically, if you do that for any length of time, I mean, let's face it, you don't just drop a player at the, on, on a whim, do you? On one bad game, you don't. That's you know, particularly if you've got a, a squad or like or ours. twelve if you're Balassi. Or, but, Campbell, or or um, or Gale, top yeah, scorer think, and can't and can't get a start. Yeah, I mean, well, he's had well, he had he's just got consecutive starts. Campbell been putting the goals away again. You don't chuck a player out of the pitch, you know, out of the game. He's been been scoring your goals. You know, these things aren't they're they're obvious. Like people say it's an, oh, it's obvious that Gale should have been playing because he scored against Liverpool. But then you you saw the first ten fifteen minutes against Swansea where he didn't get a kick. You know, is it is it obvious he should have been playing after after those fifteen minutes? None, or is it of, obvious? none of our players got a kick in the first. No, no, it's, but it's but them. but what I'm saying is it's per, it's easy to pick one player and say this happened, so this is rubbish and you shouldn't do that. You know, it's a team game. You know, Jason Punchin was doing the job for the team, otherwise he wouldn't have been in it. But clearly, clearly, I mean, Warnock's addressed it. You know, pretty much every single Palace fan knows that he is he is out of form and he's struggling and. Yeah, it's time, and the, and the, as Patrick's pointed out, the chat room want want uh, Barry Bannon in, and I think that that is the correct move. I think Wilf is going to have to wait. Um, actually, Wilf did all right when he came off the bench, and and perhaps as mentioned earlier, he should potentially have got a little penalty. He didn't really appeal that much for it, um, but he I, does, I, I, he stays, does he? That's no. The thing. Uh, so, uh, one of the guys I go with, Paul, was sort of on his way out of the, out of the uh, you know, down to the bottom from he was standing up the back and was just sort of standing by the stairs and was right in front of Wilf when he got. He said he, he was hundred percent certain. He's adamant that Wilf got his back legs kicked out from underneath him and just, he couldn't believe it when it wasn't given. So, you know, Wilf's Wilf's there almost off the bench at the moment um, as an impact sub, and and that, I think that's where he's going to stay for the time being. Certainly, Bannon for me. Um, right. <laughs> Okay, so the punching debate will rage on continuously because, you know, that is he's that type of player. Um, I think that's just going to run and run this season. But who was? I'll start with me. I'll start with my my decision on this. I want to think, trying to think about man of the match in that game for Palace. Um, and one of the things I wrote a few notes during the game on, on my phone to sort of help me out with this. And I said after eighty minutes that uh, Martin Kelly was my man of the match, not because. He wasn't consistently brilliant, but it was the it was the way the level of performance he delivered increased throughout the game in a, in a position he hadn't played. Uh, I don't know if he's ever played left back, but he certainly hasn't played it for us. And I just thought he got better and better and better. And by the end, they had just, they just couldn't even 
go down that side of the pitch because he just he was an absolute rock. Um, and I think, given the job he was asked to do, you know, it's, it's got to be it's got to be him for me. Uh, Joe, what do you reckon? Hangerland for me. Mm. One, one, yeah. one, one, everything. Um, and more just stuck himself in the way consistently, and and, I th- and and what he did after being turned once or twice, he, he he came off of the player. He actually came off of the forwards, which is uh, which is. I mean, I, I just I just saw what Patrick put there. Yeah, I mean, that, he was yeah, MacArthur mm-hmm. fantastic. But yeah, I, I've Hangerland for me. I just thought he was excellent. Anyway, anytime that ball came in, he was on it. Now, John, the program seller, agrees with you. Uh, Patrick in, in in MacArthur, yeah, definitely. Um, he changed the match when he came on, and again, to watch that that player play, the way he moves, the way he thinks, the way he passes, he's he really is. He's a tremendously gifted player. I can't wait to see him play more for Palace. But for me, yesterday, just what he did yesterday, he's the man I met for me yesterday, MacArthur. Uh, Bab- Babylon John also agreeing there uh, in in the chat room that it was MacArthur. Yeah, he was very very impressive, and I t- I know exactly what you're talking about as well with Hangel and Joe. He's um. I mean, he's, he's far from the player that started his uh, career at Palace, if you like, um, where he looked an absolute liability. I still worry about how he drops off players, but you were right. He did it in the right way against Swansea. But um, when he did it against West Brom, it cost us a goal. So it does worry me that he's aware and of his Sunderland. lack of pace and, and Sunderland. And what Sunderland, I, right. What I, what I really like about <laughs> what I like about him, conversely to, you know, I don't like that part of his game. But what I do like about it is is how calm he is on the ball. Um, I you know I like the fact he's more of a ball playing centre back. Yeah, he does. He is. He is. It's not a hoof. Yeah, but he's uh, not. He, predominantly, he likes to pass the ball out. Yeah. I think that really helped us against Swansea when we start. You know, because quite often I've not seen us do this for a while, which I really liked. We we were passing quite quickly to go forward, one touch, but and then we got pressured, and instead of just smacking a ball into the channel, we went back. Sometimes all the way back to Julian Speroni. Yeah, I was, uh, was going to say that. Yeah. when we were asking about man of the match, I was. Gonna, you know, I don't think we were we were outstanding yesterday, but some of the times we kept the ball, I think I think that's the best we've kept the ball uh, since since the year we got promoted. At times yeah. we kept the ball so well, we were so calm on the ball, which again I have to give credit to Neil Warnock there, which frustrates me and, and makes me <laughs> myself in the face. But you know, well well done. Uh, we kept the ball for for more than five passes, which was an absolute revelation, and obviously the three in midfield really helped that. Yeah, just real quick. Um, I agree. Um, Hangland and Dan are both excellent passers of the ball. Um, so we can play the ball through those two. We've got the three in the middle in um, Jed- McJedley. Let's stop at that. And then we've got um, back ahead of them. The only guys that really can't pass, honestly, are, are Yannick and Punchin, which is kind of which is a little bit sad that our semifinal is not the great passer. But their job is to really go straight, get the ball and go straight forward. So I'm not really bothered by that. So it's definitely better with, um, with Hangland and MacArthur in the side as far as passing goes. Yeah. He nearly cost us again, by the way. I'm, I'm just going to go for punching. When he tried to play that lazy ball out to, out to the left, it was and then he cut in and and, uh, and Sigurdsson hit it just past the post in the last minute. Yeah. Okay, Joe. Sorry about that. I didn't. I, didn't I think I'd have been apoplectic if that had gone in. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. You're right. We do, you know, didn't can see. But obviously, one of the things again, it was it was said in the chat room. I'm sorry, I can't credit who it is because uh, I, I'm sort of not looking at it at the moment. But Martin Kelly, <coughs> excuse me, in about the 92nd, 93rd minute, um, just went sort of on this little storming run, and because he's cut it in from the left hand side. Uh, sort of drilled it and I thought for almost for a second I thought that's going in the top corner and you know the, the keeper made it look like an easy save just sort of leant across and caught it but you know I like I like that he's got that in his game I'm a big fan of Martin Kelly I, I obviously I gave him man of the match and you know, he, he had a hard time 
and I understand, and people are probably right in giving it to MacArthur, but I just like I like someone who can turn around a performance. And Joel Ward did it to a bit, and credit to him for doing that. But if you were to pick who looked better out of the fullbacks, it was definitely Kelly yesterday, in my view. And it's just something about someone who's got that character to, you know, to be played out of position, and to to be having a hard time of it, and just to actually just dig in. You know, ride ride that out, and then actually turn on a performance of the highest quality. I just really like that about him. I think he's a, I think he's a player we we've got to use. And I do, I'm under no illusions that I think that if Marietta hadn't got a knee injury, Martin Kelly would have missed the game against Liverpool, and probably wouldn't have played today either. I think Marietta had won his place back. Um, but I'm really happy to see Kelly in there, and it's not he yeah. adds a little bit of height to that bat line as well. And I like the fact that we're a tall team now. And oh my god, you know, it's good. What? <laughs> What's that? I don't know. It sounds like Joe's just gone to a certain type of club. Web- but... Website, right? Uh, one more thing, Chris. Um, it yep. really speaks to the performance that we could all name a different player as man of the match. Mm. Um, as far as how we played, so I think that's a really that's a really good sign when we're all picking different players. And I'm, yeah. I'm agree with you. I'm with you with Kelly. I think Kelly has shown his ability to. Um, you know, be a utility player and put him where you where you need to put him. He'll do a job. And lastly, I thought Jednak yesterday, not necessarily play, even though he played really well in the penalty kick. I thought his his leadership yesterday was great. The way he talked to Shamak after that, he got cooked about the yellow card in the beginning. Then he talked him down after he got that first yellow card out of getting a red card. I thought his leadership yesterday by Jednak was really, really great. It really yeah. was awesome. I'll that. definitely go along with that. Um, I'll just yeah. pick up the last couple of talking points in the uh, the chat room. In fact, the last talking point, uh, John Program Seller saying that he's... Um, Wants to know what was up, what was up with Shamak yesterday. Everything seemed to upset him, and at points he was lucky to stay on the pitch. We yeah. just touched, touched on it a bit earlier, and I, I yeah, I'm going, I'm going to go along with that. In that he was wound up, but you know he's wound, he was wound up in a good way for me. In that he, he totally he's always light. bloody moaning for God, you know, watching the clock, <laughs> you just everything. He's uh, crying uh, most weeks. It's the hair, yeah. Alex. The hair. <laughs> Uh, let's not go down the hair route again. I heard you guys going, well, not all of you. Some certain members of the team talking about hair last week and it enraged me. So we won't go down that route. But, um, it was beards, actually, not hair. It was beards, mostly. Oh, okay. Beards as well. You know, as someone with no hair and a beard. <laughs> anyway, um, look, I was, um, I, you know, I, I think Shamak, he, he had got a foul given against him very early on. Um, and you could see he was wound up for the game, um, and he got that yellow card, and it just—it was just too much for him. Um, he could easily have been sent off for the handball, um, on, on, you know, as well. But if you look, Jednak had a word with him uh, um, after his initial strop, and then just in a little breaky breaking play, about ten minutes after that, Neil Warnock shouted and called him over, and sort of put a hand on his shoulder, and you know, gave him a stern, stern few words. And after that. He, he, he was—he was still wound up, but you could see he just reined it in, and you know it was probably sub, right to substitute when he did, not just because of you know the needing to change it, change things up a little bit, but because you know he was still angry and there was a chance of him putting in a, a late challenge. But you know, Shamak—it's—it's it's all about commitment. You don't moan if you don't care, um, you know. And that—that that guy, he's—he's he's had a really hard time in English football. And he's found somewhere he really enjoys playing, and he just wants to—he just wants to win. He wants Palace to do well, and he wants to be involved in that all the time. You know, to to become the player he's become, someone who plays attacking midfield and tackles back all the time, and and doesn't moan about putting a shift in. You know, he's, yeah, sometimes he stays down too long after a challenge, and you know, he's a bit theatrical and what have you, but. I think he's he's still. I think everyone knows he, he's vital to him. And Bowie Eagle was saying this, but on Jedi and Neil Warnock calmed him down. And I think that was it. That's all it comes. It's nothing more than that. You know, he got wound up. He got calmed down. He listened to people. 
Um, and, it, and it's good to see. I like players who get wound up. <laughs> you know, I like players who are. I like players who hate being substituted. I like players who hate conceding goals and shout at each other and stuff like that. If they don't do it, then it's like for me, it's a worry if they don't. So there you go. Anyway, there <laughs> um, yeah, a couple of other little. Well, I'll say a couple of other little things. Last thing before we go, um, we've uh, started work on a. Uh, just working with a company called Fresh Press UK who are doing a load of uh, new blogging websites and uh, we, we, our one's called The Eagles Element we're working on that with Palace Stats if you know them from Twitter at Palace Stats um, all, we, all we know it's not, it's not our site we're just, we're just helping out on it and what they're trying to do is pre- you know, get some decent original content on there and promote uh, young authors particularly you know I'm not young but I've uh, got a few uh, few articles on there so if you're interested go to the eagles element.com have a read of what we've got there and if you want to you know get into sports journalism and blog writing and particularly if you're a young person you, you can get in touch with us on there and w- submit us some blogs and we'll get them up there for you and get a decent audience so um yeah have a look at that site there's a squad selector on there match reports you know features and we're going to try and do a bit more there's a few bits on the academy going to try and do some um some sort of detailed coverage of that uh, have a look hope you enjoy it other than that, I think I think we're about done, aren't we? Can yeah. you win a signed Hangland shirt on there? There was, yeah, that's been that's been drawn. That has, oh, and okay. congratulations to Sophie who won that. But yeah, there will be regular competitions and uh, exclusives as well. Um, oh. There'll be be a lot of content on here that we also put on there. Um, you know, in some interviews coming up, and we've arranged something to do with the uh, Speroni stuff, which I can't go into at the moment. Uh, but yeah, you're plenty to look forward to in there. Obviously, it all will still be on whole radio anything that we do and um uh, also on homestyle.net it's not a replacement for that site it's just a supplementary blog site if you like are there we um, where are we in the in the premier league where are we in the premier league i don't know we were like 15th 15th weren't we yeah. we're, 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 we're at brighton <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea who are we brighton who's that brighton Brighton, oh, no. didn't I believe they are third from bottom in the yeah, championship. When, hang on, weren't they in the, uh, the FA Cup final in the eighties, like, like early eighties, wasn't it? Lost the Man so United, they, yeah. They got yeah, 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 that was that's them, isn't it? Didn't yeah. they? Um, didn't they get in the Premier League? Because they built that stadium, mm. didn't they? I'm sure Did they, they said. I'm sure the they league. said they were the Premier League. They got they're, in the play. They're, they're big enough for the Premier League. I don't yeah, yeah. They, no, they got in the playoffs though, didn't they? Didn't they? Oh, yeah. Hey, who, who beat what them? I can't remember. Who beat them? Beat them? Beat them? Beat them? Beat them? There's someone in. What about our other rivals, Charlton? How'd they get on yesterday? What's mm. a Charlton? What's a Charlton? What's a Charlton? What's a Charlton? I looked it up once. Something to do with clown. I've no idea. Anyway, we're fourteenth. Fourteenth, yeah. This is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> How was your weekend, Christian? Never answered. Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, um, do you know it's pretty good. I, Friday, I was a bit busy. I, you know, I do a little radio show on Redstone FM in the evenings. There for you know, it's just for sorry. Don't get too excited about it. But um, so I did did that on um, on Friday, and um, so I got back and I, I sat up till three in the morning <laughs> playing football manager, and then I realised I had to get up because I my minibus left at seven thirty for Swansea from Croydon, so I had to get up at like I'd, I'd like three hours sleep, and then, then you know then I watched watched Palace, and and today I've just sat around. It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.